0: And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so, so grateful that you are here. Hello, welcome, happy Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday, or Monday, or whatever day it is in your world today. I hope it's a great day. Before we get started, just a little reminder to like, review, subscribe, and share. I would be so, so grateful. Today, we are going to go back to the basics again. I did an episode called Back to the Basics, I think it was two weeks ago, and just shared some of the reasons of why we read our Bible and pray Today, I just want to talk about some very basic tips on how to establish the habit of Bible reading and prayer. I know that there are new listeners all the time, and I'm not sure if people are picking up where we are now at episode 124, 125, or if they're going back to episode one and listening starting from the beginning, but I just have felt to reiterate some of these very basic Very elementary, very foundational things that are so important for each of us to remember. First and foremost, when it comes to establishing the habit of Bible reading and prayer, it is a just-do-it sort of thing. Like any habit, we have to make up our minds that we're going to do it, and then we have to put in the work to do it. It's like any good habit. We have to see value in it. We have to say, I am going to get to know Jesus, and this is the means he's given me to do it. Paul said that I may know him. And we have to have that hunger in our heart and see value in this habit. And then again, just put in the hard work and make the disciplined steps to establish this habit in our lives. And so another very basic and very important thing to remember when we're establishing the habit of Bible reading and prayer is to remember that they go hand in hand they work in tandem you can't have all prayer and you can't have all Bible reading just like you can't have all bread or just have all water you they work together and it's so important that you uh, use them together um, personally for me when I read my Bible and pray I was just talking to somebody about this a little while ago I am back and forth. Some days I start off with prayer. Some days I start off with Bible reading. Some days I start off writing if my brain is just tired and cloudy. And I might go back and forth between each of those a few different times in any given morning. This is relationship. And maybe you're a person who has a very um, focused, very organized brain. And you it works good for you or it would work good for you to just do a solid block of time doing one thing. And then a solid block of time doing another thing. God wired you like you and he wired me like me. And so as long as we're getting our hearts out through prayer and we're hearing back from God through his word, we are reading our Bible and praying. It's really that simple. And so again, just a reminder on those things. It's just do it and you can't do one without the other. It is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. It's again that simple. Jesus gave us some instructions when it comes specifically to prayer in Matthew 5. And I'm going to give you the Megan paraphrase on this, but just bear with me here. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who go and pray in the synagogues and stand on the street corners that they may be seen of many, that they've already been rewarded. But you go into your prayer closet, and when you shut the door... Pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who's in secret will reward you openly. And he says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Don't use hollow, empty, shallow words. They think they're going to be heard just because they're saying a lot of words. He says, don't be like them because your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And then he says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we can see in this passage, first of all, Jesus told us to have a time and a place to go lock ourselves in a closet alone with God. And I would say having a time and a place, a specific time that every day is your time to meet with God is a massive, massive component of how to establish the habit of Bible reading and prayer. Do a little bit of legwork. You might have to try out some different options, but it has to be a place Free of distractions because the enemy is going to fight you and your flesh are going to fight you in establishing this habit. And so, if you can pick a time where the distractions are minimized and a time where a place where the distractions are minimized, that's going to go a long way. So, first and foremost, time and place get locked away with God. And then, secondly, Like Jesus said, don't pray for a show. Don't worry about the tone of your words. This is about relationship. Bear that in mind. He just wants you alone with him away from the crowds. And then the Lord's Prayer is a pattern to be followed, not a prayer to be recited. So a pattern to be followed, not a prayer to be recited. And I did a whole episode on this. Um, You can go back and listen to that, really went into a little depth on each of the sections of the Lord's Prayer and the components of the Lord's Prayer as prescribed by Jesus. Use it as a pattern. Next, be vulnerable. Jesus, again, does not want you to sound a particular way or use particular words that you've heard other people say. He's looking for honesty, for truth, for sincerity, for faith. He's not waiting for us to have the right words. He's just desiring for us to spend time with him, to build a relationship with him, to hear back from him in his words, through his word, and just to talk to him about our lives, everything that is involved with our lives. And so just to kind of reiterate those points, remember prayers talking to God, establish a time and a place alone with God don't worry about your words or the tone of your words just remember it's about relationship number four be alone with him number five use the Lord's prayer as a pattern and number six be vulnerable be honest be real with Jesus some tips on how to read the Bible First of all, remember that there is no way, no wrong way to read the Bible. It is food for your soul, and anything you read is going to feed your spirit. So important to remember. And when we first set out to read the Bible and pray, we have two primary goals. Number one, to find out how to be saved. And after we're saved, to feed our heart, our mind, and our spirit. Because we cannot survive spiritually without spiritual food, just like our physical man cannot survive physically without physical food. And a lot of times people will ask me where do I start reading. Really honestly there's not a bad place. I think having some sort of a pattern is very good when we're starting out. You could start in Genesis. The Psalms are amazing. An amazing place to start because there's so much human emotion there and it's very easy to connect with the Psalms. The Gospels are a great place to start because you're reading the stories of Jesus, of Emmanuel, God with us, and they're, they're just full of life. They're full of excitement. It's a great place to see how Jesus operated. It's a great place to see him training the disciples who would establish the church. And so those are just a few places that I tend to recommend, but really there's no bad place to start. Anywhere you choose to start is going to be great, and you're going to get a lot out of it. Slow down with the word. Let it speak to you. Charles Spurgeon said, I would rather lay my soul a soak in a half a dozen verses all day than rinse my hands in chapters. And a lot of times I have found that people really just race through their Bible reading. It's like, let me get this checked off my list so I can go on with my day. Don't do that. You miss so much. Devote absolutely as much time to it as you can. Again, Start small, but allow that time to grow. Um, God wants to speak to you through his word. And I think if we're just making it a checklist item, it, it becomes not impossible, but it becomes much more difficult than if we are really slowing down and wanting to hear from him through his word. So slow down with your Bible. Read for comfort. This is a a huge thing. This will bond you to the Word of God. It says in Romans fifteen four, Whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. When we need comfort, we can turn to the Word. The Bible tells us that we get comfort and hope through the Scriptures. And when we do that, it really helps us bond our hearts to God and find us, a safe refuge in the word of God and it helps us establish that time in the word read it like it's a love letter it really is a love letter from God to the church to us as saints and it's how we get to know the author we have the opportunity to be saved because he first loved us and this is where we get to know him Read to feed, and I already said this, the Bible is food for our soul, and we don't have to understand it all, and I think this is something that's really important when we're establishing the habit. Take the pressure off of I have to understand this all or I don't understand it because I don't understand it is an excuse that I have heard so many times. Your body doesn't understand what happens every time you put a particular type of food in your mouth. It just gets fuel through the calories, through the protein, through the other things, the vitamins, the nutrients that are contained in that food. And your spirit will be fed even if you don't intellectually understand now. The Bible does tell us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. So we should make an effort to understand. But if we don't, it's not a reason to stop reading. And so read to feed. And honestly, your Bible is gonna become your best friend. The more you're in it, the more you're gonna fall in love with its pages And so again, just some super duper basic tips on reading your Bible and praying. I'll just reiterate those about um, Bible reading. Remember, there's no wrong way to read the Bible. Um, Remember that you can start anywhere. Slow down with the word. Let it speak to you. Read for comfort. Read it like it's a love letter and read to feed. Read to feed your soul. Today I'm going to share a little journal entry called Little is Much. And I wrote this back in, I think it's like 2018, I was training for a half marathon, which I wasn't able to actually complete, Um, but it was inspired by a little message that popped up on my workout app. And so today's unedited journal entry, Little is Much. Several weeks ago, a little tip popped up on my running app. A little workout is better than no workout. The following day at church, I felt so incredibly weary and remember saying to God, I just feel like I have nothing to offer you. Immediately in my mind, I heard a little praise is better than no praise. A little prayer is better than no prayer. Often the enemy will keep us from offering what we have because it doesn't seem like enough. He is well aware that our little in God's hands has miracle potential. He has not forgotten the little boy's five loaves and two fishes feeding thousands. He has not forgotten the little widow who had only a box of oil in her house and how her obedience to the man of God made that little box of oil become enough to pay her debts and provide for her family. Little has always been much in God's hands. The only requirement is that we give the little we have. I am reminded of the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17. In the middle of extreme drought and famine, the man of God, Elijah, came to her and asked for a little water and a morsel of bread. She responds by saying, I only have a handful of meal and a little oil, and I am gathering two sticks to go bake one last cake for my sons and I we are going to eat it and die. Things are looking very grim for this widow and she has lost all hope. But Elijah speaks faith and says, go do as you have said, but make me a little cake first and bring it to me. Her obedience to his request and her willingly giving the little she had unlocked the door to the miraculous. Her little oil and little meal fed her family many days She invested the one little cake she had in the kingdom and God multiplied that little in an act of miraculous provision that sustained not only her household, but also the man of God through that season of drought. It is easier to give when we are giving from abundance and it requires great faith to give from little. We must never allow the voice of intimidation to keep us from giving the little we have. In seasons where we feel depleted of resources, whether emotionally, physically or financially, let us keep giving our little, knowing that little placed in God's hands still unlocks the doors of the miraculous. As pastor always says, when we do what we can do, God will step in and do what only God can do. Only a little prayer, pray it. Only a little praise, praise it. Only a little to give, give it. Again, today's unedited journal entry, little is much, and truly the enemy loves to keep us from doing anything because we can't do everything. Just give what you've got. Don't make make excuses, but also give yourself grace when what you have doesn't seem like it could ever be enough. A friend has shared this quote with me, and I thought I would close with it. It fits in perfectly. It says, Little self-denials, little honesties, little passing words of sympathy, little nameless acts of kindness, little silent victories over favorite temptations. These are the silent threads of gold, which when woven together gleam out so brightly in the pattern of life that God approves. It's a quote from Friedrich Ferrar. And again, remember, God takes our little and multiplies it little as much when God is in it so give what you've got today pray a little read a little give a little love a little share a little God sees everything you're doing thank you so much for joining me for this journey I look forward to having with you again next Friday if you'd like to download a typed or handwritten transcript of today's entry you can visit meganedited.com For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I still look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.